Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. We thank you for Pastor Byron that uh, he's got a heart for the kingdom and he has for many, many decades. And dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you would anoint him today to speak your heart, to speak your words. And Lord, let us be transformed by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, We're continuing with Moses and his journey. We're going to do a little bit of review. But I want to ask you, are you ready for God's suddenlies? Are you ready for God's suddenlies? You know, it's, uh, it's it's that faith that needs to grow in our lives to prepare us for the unexpected, the good unexpected. So uh, this morning we're going to do a little bit of review leading up to the deliverance of a whole nation out of bondage and slavery. And I wonder if there's any of us feel like we're in bondage or slavery of things we can't change. Are you ready for suddenlies? You ready for suddenlies? Ready for healing? Ready for hope, provision, wisdom? Yeah, it's all there for us. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit, Lord. Take the words that you've written down and plant them into our lives and produce a great harvest. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. First time I ever gave me a message sitting down. But, you know, somebody said about that. He said, I said, well, you know what? The fact of the matter is Jesus is accomplishing great things sitting down. It says he's sitting down now at the right hand of the Father until the Father says it's time to return. And then he's going to get up from his seat and amazing things are going to happen for the body of Christ. So, in review, in review in Exodus chapter 2, and now a man in the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, or you might say he, she saw potential in him, she hid him for three months. And uh, as we start this journey of review, uh, do you see your potential? Do you see potential in others? Do you see potential in your children? Ask the Father to reveal to you your potential, potential in others, and potential in your children. Because it's, it's, there, it's there for the taking and and we're a people that have God that's full of supply, encountering Him for that supply. And and it it caused her. Uh, it could have been very dangerous for her. It was very, but she saw potential in her little baby Moses, and hid her, hid him for three months. Then quickly going through where we're headed for, and uh, in 
one day after Moses grew up. Now we have a child that was God showed that mother the potential in that child, and he was moved in the position of the prince of Egypt and learning everything they could learn, but not forgetting his roots, where who he really was. And and remind us, we need you and I need to know who we are, and we're going to discover something. Who are we? When you gave your life to Jesus, who are you? You need to know. You need to know. So, in the knowledge of that, one day after Moses grew up, he went out where his people were, were and watched them in their hard labor. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. He discovers his identity. And he took action. And he killed that Egyptian. And then he... Uh, he he fled out of Egypt because he thought, wow, from prince to a fugitive, he's on the run. He runs into the land of Midian and he, and he connects with this family and he gets married. He starts having children and, 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 uh, and, and learning more about who he is. And finally, he saw this strange sight, a burning bush, but not consumed. And he said, that, I need to find out more of what that is. So he climbed up the mountain and found this burning bush. And, we, and when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. I guess in this journey we're going to journey with today, are, are we connecting with the God that is, loves us, connected with us? And when he starts to talking to us and telling us and revealing our identity, and revealing identity in others, and, and seeing and our eyes open to not the natural but the supernatural, are we saying, here I am? Here I am, Lord. I want more. Here I am. You got my attention. You got my attention. So the Lord began to speak to him about the next destiny of his life. And the Lord said, I've been, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. Do you and I have a connection so connected with the God of the universe that he really does care about what you're going through? Are we going to try to fix it ourselves? Are we going to try to be self-sufficient or dependent on the God of the universe? And, and the, the truth of the matter is God knows everything you're going through. Whether you want to talk to him about it or not, he, he knows. So freely talk to him because he's a God of action. And we're going to find out that some of that action is uh, we need to hold, hold on and hold in the faith and hold in what God is speaking to us 
Because there are suddenlies that are going to happen in our life that, that we, we never expected. Because we believe in the God of our identity, believe in the God that's really concerned about us and knows every deal, d- detail about us, and he wants to hear from us and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I want to hear from you. I want to know you. Then he started talking about, ahead of time, one of the suddenlies that's going to happen. And he said, every woman is to ask their neighbor, and any woman living in the house uh, for, silver, for articles of silver and gold, for clothing which you have put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder Egypt. Now, he let Moses into a little bit of what was going to happen. But how about the slaves? Did they think anything was going to happen? Did, were, were they looking for the suddenlies of God? Or was their whole focus on their position in lives as slaves to a pharaoh? That they had to just do what he said. They had to, they had to, to uh, do his bidding. Could they, could they have even imagined that in a very short time they would be leaving slavery packed with provision? Did they? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think they could figure out the suddenlies of God Almighty, the God that knows us, knows everything we're going through, and and he, you might think he's slow about responding, but he's not. Because you and I don't know what's happening behind the scenes until it's revealed. Then it says, once it's revealed, we don't even have any faith. We don't need faith for it. But until that happens, faith needs to grow and excel in our lives. So. Moses returns to Egypt, and he and he and he he goes. And Moses said, "When uh, and the Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see and perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I have given you and the power to do. But I will harden his heart, so that he will not let my people go." And you know, it's really interesting. We we see the 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 hand of God delivering the people, but the heart of God, the heart of God is that the Pharaoh and the Egyptians will know him. But they'll they'll harden their heart. But God's heart, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. And for the people of God, I I want you to experience my suddenlies. So as the process was going on, as the process was going on uh, in, in opposition, the thing we're going to learn about, how do you and I handle opposition? Very important. We'll find out about that a little later. But you, he told the, the Pharaoh said to the people of Israel, now no longer, now you 
are no longer to supply the people with straw for making the bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. And, and what that's telling me and you is that when we're, we're seeking God and his revelation for our lives, wow, I, you know, and, and we, we have this high expectation who he is, and things might get worse. Things might get worse. They actually might get worse. Is that going to trip you up or not? Yeah. Things could get worse before they get better. And that's that holding time to know who you are. Know who he is. Know that he's concerned about every detail of your life. Know what you're suffering through. Know, know what you're struggling through. And, and he's, he has all that knowledge, and, and he is at work on your behalf, whether you see it or not. Whether you see it or not. And then goes on, and then the, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. When you stretch out your hand against Israel and bring Israel out of it. Again, his heart, his heart is not only for freeing them out of slavery, but the Egyptians might know who he is. Well, what was that journey? What was the journey that started with let my people go until they left with all the riches of Egypt? It was, it was resistance. It was... Uh, it was uh, things that could get in the way. It was a leadership, a boss that's not so good to you, a neighbor that you can't stand, whatever it is, you know, uh, a friend that wasn't a friend, betrayed you, whatever it is. What he chose, God chose, chose to demonstrate who he was and reveal the emptiness of the gods of Israel, of, of, of Egypt. See, every, every plague that came destroyed the reality of their God. Take a verse. Turn the water to blood. That was, that was one of the gods of, of, of Egypt was Hepi, the god of the Nile River. So God says, oh, you think that's a god? Psh, the water turns to blood. Frogs from the Nile River. Well, why the frogs? Because one of the Egyptian gods was Heket, Goddess of fertility, water renewal, and had a head of a frog. Why the frogs? Because they had a god, a goddess with a head of a frog that was, had to do with fertility and water and renewal. God says, yeah, that's no god at all. That's no god at all. Then the lice from the dust of the earth. Geb. The God of the earth. He's the God of the earth. Our God's the God. He's the creator of all this. 
And he, he took down that God that says, says, I'm the God of the earth. Forget it. There is no God of the earth other than the God of heaven and the God of Israel. Swarms of flies was the next one. Kahepri, God of creation, movement, and the sun, rebirth. And that God of, of Egypt had the head of a fly. But there's no coincidence here of what God was taking down uh, all the gods of Egypt and saying, I am the one and true God. Death of cattle and livestock. That was the next one. And that was Hethron, God of love and protection. And interesting enough, that Egyptian god had the head of a cow. Very interesting. Very interesting. And then it goes on, uh, uh, ashes turned to boils and swords, sores. And Egypt had a god called Isis, the goddess of medicine and peace. Took him down. God was saying, yeah, you think you have Isis? You think you have a god of medical things and medicine? No, I'm the God of healing. I'm, I'm the God that is all this. I'm taking him down. Go to the God where your help comes from. Then, uh, hail raining down in the form of fire. The Egyptian God... It's, it's spelled N-U-T, so I'll call it just a nut. I, that's what some of these gods are, nutcase. I mean, but, but he says, and that's a goddess of the skies. And then all of a sudden, brimstone fire comes down from the sky. God is saying, he is God alone. All these man-made gods come to nothing. They are maybe nutcases. You know? Then... Locusts sent from the sky. They had a god called Seth, the god of storms and disasters. You know, you're following what's happening here? In these, in these, in these plagues, God is showing himself as God alone. And all these man-made inventions are meaningless and can do nothing. Three days of complete darkness. They had a God called Ra, the sun god. Ooh, he disappointed them. Darkness all over Egypt. All over Egypt. Then finally, the death of the firstborn. I like, kind of like this one because they made the Pharaoh, a human being, a god. And he had ultimate power over Egypt, but he couldn't even stop all the firstborn from being dying. He could cry out to all of those gods. He could plead to them. Yeah, kind of remember when Elijah was on the mountain, they were, he said, oh, maybe you're not yelling loud enough to your God that he can't hear you. Maybe there's something wrong here. And, and, and fire came down and consumed for Elisha, that, that altar with the 
all drenched in water. God is our God, and he's mighty. He's mighty. He can do beyond what we can ask or think. And we're on a journey now together to raise up our faith and expectation for the supernatural and the spontaneous. Because while all this is going on, who is also affected by this? Or more, more or less not affected? That's all. And it says in uh, Exodus 10, no one could see anyone else or move about for three days, yet all Israel had light in the place where they lived. You see, Israel was experienced the one and true God. Darkness over all the Egyptians. Now, I don't know how that could happen. My, my kind of crazy way of thinking about it was that darkness was covering the whole earth for that area. But Israel, where they were camped out, there was light. Could it have been the supernatural light of God himself? Maybe, maybe, but I don't know how to explain that. To just have darkness where you came and see where you're walking and you cross the line and there's light where all the Israelites were. Then again, it says, uh, going on, it says, and, and uh, then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the side of the side and tops of the door pieces of the house where they ate, ate the lambs. And and really significantly enough, so you know, get knowledge of this, they were asked to do something that was not normal. They were asked to eat the lamb with all its innards. Wow. Is that a picture of Jesus dying on the cross with his complete body? They left and they left Egypt whole, provided for, and even their sandals would not wear out. That was the day of the Passover that the Jewish people celebrate to this very day. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Get out of here! I've had enough of this! No, it says... Uh, up, leave, up, leave my people. You and the Israelites go worship the Lord as He has had, as you, you have requested. Just leave, leave. I, I've had enough of this. All His gods failed Him, but the God of Israel was for them, not against them. And then we have a verse here that says exactly what Moses knew ahead of time. When it came time to leave, it says, and the Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people, and they gave them what they asked for, so they plundered the Egyptians, and they went, and they were back, and they were back up to the Red Sea. Uh, exactly what God told Moses would happen is, you're not going to leave Egypt empty-handed. You're going to leave Egypt fully provided for. 
You know what? It, I, I can't imagine. I was thinking about the Israel, the Jewish people, the, the, the Israelis, when they were seeing all this happen and all these gods being taken down of Egypt and they were seeing all this. Could they ever even get it through their head that it just a matter of a short time they would go from slavery to health, provision, and a journey to a promised land. Did they ever did they, did they ever come to their mind that that would ever happen? Now, the truth of the matter is, would it ever come to our mind about the things that are going on in our life that God has us suddenly for us? Is that an arm? Are we thinking about that? Or are we thinking about how we're going to get out of this? How we're going to figure this out? When God has full knowledge of what you're going through, full provision for you, full help for you, and, and, and he's waiting for us to acknowledge who he is, who he is. Do you and I know who he is? Do you know who he is? Because, great story, man. I left, I left for all this provision. My, my shoes aren't even going to wear out. I wish this boot would wear out. But, but you know, you know, you know and, and where did they wind up? Backed up from the, to the Red Sea and the armies waking up and saying, we can't let these people leave our provision as slaves. So they're marching there. They're, they're happy for a moment, and now they start crying. Ah! We should have been. We should have stayed there, Moses. What kind of message you did? You know, and I think kind of, kind of words. I, I'll use a word that we might use. Moses didn't use it. He, he said, "Be still." He might have just said, "Shut up." <laughs> What's your problem? Didn't you see the hand of God? Didn't you see that there was light in your camp when there's darkness in Israel? Didn't you see that you were? Your cattle didn't die. Their cattle died. Didn't you see this? And you're complaining now. And you think we're, we're, think we're in a place where we can't get out of where the Red Sea. Just be quiet and look for the suddenly. I wrote down here, does fear and anxiety describe our life? Or a sound mind. In uh, Timothy it says, For God has never given us a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit, who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. In Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, your Red Sea experience, when you think there's no out, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. For the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Is fear and anxiety messing with you? Are you entering into the place of a sound mind? the mind of Christ that dwells in us richly. How about unforgiveness? Or 
forgiveness. Are you in a place where you say to yourself, I can't, I, I can't, I'll never, I can never forgive that person. When, when there's a God that knows all about our shortcomings, knows all about our messy, messy stuff, and he's saying, hey, I forgive you. And not only do I forgive you, I choose to forget your, me- your messy stuff. So, is our, is our experience that we can't escape from the bondage of unforgiveness? Well, it says in Ephesians 4.32, Be kind and, pa- and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And that's why we, I already said it in my own words. Just as Christ God forgave you. But if you get that perspective, it, it, not, it, it takes away the challenge of forgiving people who hurt you. When you look and focus how much you're forgiven, it's out of that that you can forgive others that hurt you. Then going on, I'm glad I got these numbers because there's a lot of pages this morning. <laughs> Unbelief or faith. Is, is your bondage, is my bondage that we give up? And I don't believe that. You know, I've I seen God do it for others. He'll never do it for me. Hmm. Or is our life full of faith? Believing when we don't even see it yet. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Take the God that, you lo- that loves you and take him into those unseen places. And that's faith. That's believing in the God that's taking you on this journey and saying, you know, he did it for others. He, won't, he hasn't done it for me. I, you know, man, that's impossible. I, that can never happen. Whoa. Change your language and say, God, this looks impossible to me, but you're the God of the impossible. Hmm. Hopelessness. Does that define anybody here? Hopelessness? When God is the God that's full of hope? You know, and, and, and you know, the enemy can get us that place. We have an a opponent, he's called the devil, and he's trying to mess with us. Does he, has he brought any of us in that place of hopelessness? I want you, God wants to take you from that into hope. It says in Matthew 19, 26, with men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Hey, guys, we're on a journey looking for his suddenlies. You know, that has everything to do with all the, these things that could be going on in our life that say he can't when he says I can. How about this one? Victim. Feeling sorry for yourself. You ever been there? Whoa, is me, man. Uh, I'm not sure. 
I know God loves so-and-so, but I'm not sure about he loves me. You know, and, and he wants to take you from a victim mentality to a victor mentality. Do you know your victors? Again, I started to think, do you know who you are? Do you actually know who you are in Christ Jesus? In Romans 8.37, yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. What's the key word there? Do you know you're loved? Do you, do you know how greatly you're loved? You, do you know your, his love surpasses a love between a husband and wife? A love between... Uh, the, uh, love between parents and their children, a love between God surpasses all that. His love is almost undescribable using words. Do you know all that? Do you know who you are? That you are loved by God Almighty? It says in Thessalonians, I can't blame my foot for that, but. <laughs> But he says, uh, it, it says in 5, 6, 18, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's, hey, you want, hey this is a little aspect as well. Oh, I need to know the will of God. Man, I'm, come on, tell me, Pastor, what's the will of God? Well, start praying. Praying over everything that's going on in your life. Start being thankful for everything, good or bad. And in all circumstances, that is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That connection, supporting that connection. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Anger or trust and anticipation. How about your anger level? Do you, I know all about that because God healed me of my anger. I, I was a pretty angry person uh, as a young young person. Uh, Peter might remember they they were playing a trick on me and locked me out of the house. So I got so mad about that I just punched the glass and opened up the door so I can get in. You know, but but uh, anger anger doesn't achieve anything. But trust and anticipation does. I could have said, Peter, Bill, wait till mom and dad get home and find out you locked me out of the house. I didn't have to take things, I had to bust the window myself. So, so uh, but here, here it says here in Psalms 62:8, trust in him at all times. Hey guys. It means what it says at all times. Maybe we have sometimes where we prefer not to trust him. When we're supposed to trust him at all times. For the for people, for people pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. 
You know who you are? You know who you are? This says in Psalms 20, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You know what? You and I can take us so far. So far. But the God of the universe will take us beyond so far. Where's your trust? Who are you? Who am I? Who are we? Weakness is or strength. What are we? Are do we collapse under adversity? Does the enemy push our little button to pull out our weakness? When we belong to a God that's our strength. It's amazing because God is our strength. We are not our strength. In Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They shall soar like wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk. Jenny? Jenny, that's the word for Don, remember? They will walk and not faint. Every time I see him, I remind him of that. I say, you're in a wheelchair, you will walk and not faint. So, and then in Psalms 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him, my heart trusts. I, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song, I give thanks to him. Do you have a melody going on in your heart? Do you have a song continually playing in your heart when adversity comes and things that attack you that might pull out our weakness? Will you just sing in that? You know, it reminds me, reminds me here, here the Roman government put a couple of the apostles in a prison in the bottom pit where uh, not a good place to be because... When people had to do their business above them, it dripped down to them. It was not a fun place to be. And they were, they were there, sitting there. And what did they do? They started singing. They started singing. And they, they sung their way into freedom. <clears throat> Does weakness define you and me? Or are we, who are we? Are we God's a beautiful creation of the one that strengthens us daily. Uh, John, could you go and start playing? Playing. I, I, I think during that, the Holy Spirit was telling me you need to be just tr- strumming on that beautiful instrument while we go through this final part of uh, who are we and who's our God? Who are we? Who's our God? What, what's this all about? You know, uh, earlier I said when he approached, Moses approached God in the burning bush, he said, here I am. But you know that phrase, I am, is a real connection with God because God throughout Scripture called himself the I am. So when you, when you and I say, God used me, here I am, that, even that phrase is saying, hey, I am here 
willing to allow you to, the great I am, to work through me. So I'm, uh, you can start strumming. I want everybody to stand up. Because I think this is a holy moment. If, you, if you're brave enough and encouraged enough and have enough to receive it. This is, this is something that's all together about what we're talking about. Who are you? Who am I? Who are we? As a, as a body of Christ here or TGP. Well, God, God that lives in us, our God is the great I am. So I, I'd like to, as, as John is just strumming, and I, I think just any kind of music or any sound is good right now, but I want you to repeat after me because that's, that's who you, who are we? This is who we are. And it, it goes on to say, and you might see it on the board there, the I am is my sound mind. Can you say that and believe it? The I am is my sound mind. Yeah, and going on with this, what else does he say? And I'll say it first and you can say it. The I am is our forgiveness. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Say it then. The I am is our forgiveness. And then what else is, is he? The I am is our faith. Can you say that? Do you really believe that the faith of a God that moves mountains and delivers from all our problems? Can you just say it? The I am is our faith. And then in, in those times when we think we're just, things are hopeless, do, can we actually say and believe the I am is our hope? Can we say it? And you know, in the saying this, and I, I always talk about John when he's, sing, when he's singing to lead us into worship, He's really believing what he's singing when he, when he sings these songs. And when we sing these praise songs, do we really believe it? Do we believe it? Can we all say it together? The I am is our hope. And then, if you've been beating down and you have a victim mentality and you think just everything is not going right for you, do you really believe that the God that loves you and lives within you with power do you believe that he is your victory? Let's say it together. The I am is our victory. And then our trust and anticipation. Are you, is your hope level down? Is your hope level down? Is, and do you think God's never going to come through for you? That he must be sleeping on your needs and what you're, what's going on in your life? Do you think you're just all alone in this battle and you're, and you're going through life all alone and God's not listening to you and he's not, you're, you're, you've been driven to this place that you really care about me? I've been putting this stuff before him and he's not answering what's wrong, what's wrong? Can you say with conviction, go ahead, the I am is our trust and anticipation. And then do you feel weak? Have you, have you fallen in addiction or different issues of life and 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 maybe you lied and you said wow I should not lied about this I should have told the truth do you, do you do you hey do you really believe that God's your strength God can he's a God that can take you out of bondage and into freedom whom the Lord says free is free indeed can you really say with conviction good the I am is our strength and then, is there needs for healing for Don or for Mark and for everything else? Do we really believe that God's a healer? Do we believe it just because it hasn't happened, does that mean he's not going to? 
Are you in a waiting time to wait for him to heal you and help you and bring physical healing? Are you in that waiting game and your faith is dwindling and you're saying, wow, is he even alive? Is he even up there? No. Let's say it together. The I am is our healer. And you feel helpless. Things are coming in life that you say, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. I, 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 I really don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I feel so vulnerable. I feel, I feel I, is, is God really up there listening to me? Can we say it together? The I am is our helper. And then financial things come against us, don't they? And, and you hear it, talk, 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 talk. Inflation, oh man, my dollar's not going very far. I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. I don't know how I'm going to pay this. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Fear comes in, oh wow, I'm being overwhelmed. Oh, they keep on saying, the price of eggs. Go buy some chickens and have them in your backyard. But, but it's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> do, you, do you feel like, is God really my provider? Now, back to the thing. Did Israel, the people now, when all this crazy stuff was happening and God declaring who he was, Moses already knew because he was told, you're going to leave with wealth. You might be a slave now, but just suddenly you're going to have all the gold, silver, clothing, and shoes you'd ever want. I wonder if we believe and the God of provision. Do you really believe, do you even believe that he even cares about your finances? I want to tell you he does. He knows what's going on nationally, but he knows what's going on in your individual life. So can we say with conviction that I am is our provider? He is. He never fails. And finally, finally, do you feel less than full? Do you feel empty? He's a God of overflowing. He says he fills the cup to overflowing. And do you, do you feel like I just can't make another step in life. I feel drained out of all my faith. I feel all my faith been sucked out of my life. I'm in a bad place. I'm in a bad place. Do you really, who are you? Do you really believe that I am is our wholeness? You are filled who is that I am? Jesus declared it many times in the gospel. But the woman at the well, he said, You're looking to the blind man. He said, I am. You're looking at him. And we who have not seen him, he said, Blessed are those that have not seen me, but still believe in me. Jesus is our I am. 
And now we're going to change that phrase to my. Can you all say that Jesus is my I am? But really loud, Jesus is my I am. Yeah, and, and, and you can know him. You can know him by just receiving him into your life. Just as many receive me, Jesus said, become my children. Become my very own property. He is the I am to all of us. He's the I am of our sound mind. He's the I am of our forgiveness. He's the I am of our faith. He's the I am of our hope. He's the I am of our victory. He's the I am of my trust and anticipation. He's the I am of my strength. He's my helper. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's the wholeness of my life. Jesus. Jesus. That's who he is. That's who he is. And we belong to him. So why should we fear? You may sit down as I kind of make a closing. You sit down if you wish. Um, and I just in closing, I want to encourage all of you. Ask God to see the potential in your children, in yourself, and others. Say with your mouth all the time, Here I am, Lord. Realize that God knows everything you and I are going through, and He's there for us, nice for us, and not against us. Live in His power, even when things don't seem to be getting any better. No, he's the power source in your life. And finally, as you leave here, confess to your Father in heaven, you are my supply. You are my supply. And now my dearly loved John over here is going to leave us, lead us into worshiping the God of the I Am. This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, Thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. God bless you and have a great week.